It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Welcome to quantum number 168. How can you tell the truth is being told? Facebook blocks it, Twitter bans it, Google hides it, YouTube deletes it, government censors it, and the media never mentions it. I was sent that this week by one of you, and although it's somewhat exaggerated, nonetheless there's an element of truth within it, and that's one of the reasons that I do this podcast. And if you will indulge me, if you're a a new listener for the first time, if you'll indulge me, just let me explain what we are trying to do. Quantum basically tries to look at events throughout the world and tries to understand them in a broader context, including culture. Uh, And that broader context is what we would call biblical truth. Now, I hope that this is appropriate for people who are not Christians uh, and those of you who are Christians as well. Not everyone would agree. But that's what we're we're trying to do. And and God has blessed this in so many ways. I mean, I was amazed to hear that we've had over 600,000 uh, downloads of this podcast and from countries all over the world. Now, one of the things I really appreciate is feedback that we get from people and questions and comments and, and everything else. And also, just to let you know that uh, we'll be starting a new podcast as well. In fact, we've started one, but I'll tell you about that later on. But I tell you what, let's begin with sport. We don't often begin here, but let's begin with sport. The undefeated WBC and lineal heavyweight champion of the world, the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury! First of all, I'd just like to say thank you to my Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus, I won this fight tonight again. I give him the glory, he gives me the victory. It made me legs strong, I was down a couple of times. I was hurt, wild, a strong puncher, and he's a tough man. I was hitting him with some big shots, and my Lord and Saviour rose me to my feet tonight to give him the glory. Is there a level of respect now after sharing the ring for a total of 33 rounds? You know, it was a great fight tonight. It was worthy of any trilogy in the history of the sport. You know, I'm not going to make any excuses. Wild is a top fighter. He gave me a real run for me only tonight. And I always said, I'm the best in the world and he's the second best. You know, he's got no love for me, Deontay Wilder. Because you know why? Because I beat him three times. And it's like, I'm a sportsman. I went over to him to show some love and respect. And he didn't want to give it back. So that's, that's his problem. I'll pray for him so God will soften his heart. But you know what? I want to thank everybody in this building tonight who came out to show love for my sport, boxing. Thank you to every man, woman and child in the building tonight. Great fight, October 9th, 2021. We'll go down to history as a great fight, I, I hope, anyway. Put on my blue suede shoes, baby. But at the plane. A touchdown in the land of the Delta Blues In the middle of the pouring rain WC handy When you look down over me Hey, I got a first class ticket 
And I was fly as a guy can be I was walking in Vegas I was walking with my feet on the field I was walking in Vegas And do I really feel the way I feel Thank you very much Vegas, I love you, baby That is Tyson Fury now, I'm, I'm not 100% convinced about what I think about someone saying that his Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, help him knock somebody down. Um, if he loses, does that mean Jesus wasn't helping him then? It, it's a... I mean, there's something about Tyson Fury that I really like. And I'm not doubting his Christianity. I'm not saying that. I'm just questioning that particular aspect of... Uh, his theology but it's interesting isn't it just how many boxers would profess to be christians and then i, I want to think us a little bit more about truth this is an old song well not that old bob dylan man gave name to all the animals I was thinking of that in terms of how we name things and what we call things. One of the great battles in our culture is this battle over language. And there are two instances that I came across this week in terms of news to try and illustrate that. Now, by the way, we normally do uh, news items from all over the world, different bits of what's going on in different countries. And this week's a bit different. I'm not doing that. I'm looking at this issue of truth and, and how we use words and so on. And we will go to different countries, but I, I hope you understand that. Now, Aston University in the United Kingdom has put out a list of words to new students that they ask them not to use. Mixed race is one of them, even if people describe themselves as mixed race. Founding fathers, which is interesting because who uses founding fathers in, in the UK? I think this is American culture wars again coming to the UK. And then this was the one that got me, British. And you shouldn't use the word British because it could give a false sense of unity. Now, we that this is this whole part of aspect of truth. People get to define what truth is and they get to tell you what words you can use. And they get to redefine those, those words. And here's another example. Julian Murphy from Loughborough Amherst School has instructed his staff to replace the words good and bad with skillful and unskillful because it's a less loaded way of speaking. Now, apart from the fact it's nonsense, the, equi the, the equivalent of good is not skillful and the equivalent of bad is not unskillful. And what if you're unskillful? Does that mean you're bad? I'm not very skillful at golf. Does that mean I'm bad? You know, and on the other hand, if I was a racist liar... Does that just mean I'm unskillful? No. But that's 
how we use language. We, we, we name things and we change things. And right now, what's happening is just madness. So I'm going to play you a tweet that's been going around. Millions of people have seen it. And I, I suspect many people haven't even listened to it. It's pretty Patel. And the, the usually the language that goes with the tweet is to say, this is shocking. Retweet this. This shows just how racist she is. Pretty Patel, of course, being a woman of color that uh, for some reason progressives love to hate. Four out of ten children in parts of Barrow are born into poverty. That's not good enough, is it? Well, it's appalling. And of course, but everybody, and it's not just people in Westminster, it's not just at a national level, it's at a local level. Through the it's investment. the government and you've had nearly ten years. Well, it's not the government, though, is it? I mean, every, everybody just says it's the government, as if it's this sort of, like, bland blob that, you know, you can just go and blame. So the government's it's, not responsible it's for actually, poverty? Actually, it's... Well, it's, it's not, because it's all parts of society and the structures. Local authorities have a role to play, education, public services... Which which are locally led and locally run. Now, can you tell me what's wrong with that? She, was, she wasn't saying that people in Westminster have nothing to do with this. She was saying that the narrative of you just blame the Westminster government for poverty is wrong. And because of that, she's been told that she doesn't care for the poor. I'm sorry that we've come to such a dumbed down state. And we see that in other ways as well. So, the Irish author Sally Rooney has refused to allow her new novel to be published in Hebrew because she doesn't like Israel. She supports a boycott of Israel. Her latest novel, Beautiful World, Where Are You?, is going to top the book charts all over the place. Her, her novels are always about anxiety and social class and sex, full of sex, of course. And she's, what, 30 years old? She's Dublin-born. Um, I think it's her book Normal People was turned into a BBC series. Now, she's not going to support Israel, but on the other hand, she's not going to allow her book to be published in Hebrew, not just Israel, just in Hebrew, but it's being published in Mandarin by the Shanghai Translation Publishing House. She herself says that she is a Marxist. Marxism is responsible for the death of 100 plus million people. Communist China has numerous human rights abuses, millions of Uyghurs and others, compulsory sterilizations, rape, murder, and so on. And Rooney doesn't have a problem with that. It's like Ben and Jerry's. Again, this is the kind of woke ice cream. I mean, I, I personally won't touch their ice cream now because I just find their, their attitude morally repugnant and reprehensible. Here's them being interviewed. Disagree with the Israeli government policy. Why not just stop? sales completely well i disagree with the u.s policy we couldn't stop selling in the u.s i think it's fine to be involved with a country to be to be a citizen of a country and to protest some of the some of the country's actions and that's essentially what we're doing in terms of israel we hugely support israel's right to exist mm -hmm but we are against a particular policy. You guys are big proponents of voting rights. Why do you still sell ice cream in Georgia? Texas, abortion bans. Why are you still selling there? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I don't know what, what that would accomplish we're working on those issues of voting rights and mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I, I, you know, I mean, I think you ask a really good question, and I think I'd have to sit down and think about it for a bit. Ben Cohen. I mean, attacking Israel, but he cannot answer that question, can he? Why would you not sell to Israel, but you continue to sell to Texas where you don't agree or somewhere else you don't agree? And he can't answer that because that's what happens. People pick and choose. Now, speaking of our society and culture and where we're going, let's go to Korea. And I just wonder if any of you have seen this yet. That is Netflix's now most popular homegrown series ever, The Squid Game. Now, I'm, I will write a proper review on it, so I won't say much just now, just to say it's brilliant but dreadful. It has everything. It has emotional stories. It has mystery. It's, it's acting is great. The cinematography is great. I think that you'll find that Korea is going to be the go-to place for a lot of dramas and, and different things. And yet... I mean, it's, will I put plot spoilers in? Possibly. It, it, it is largely about the impact of debt, but it is, it is in very violent, almost to the point of being comic violence. So in that sense, it's not as horrific as I thought. I'm not sure I'd recommend it for people to, to do. I think you've got better things to do in your life, but it is a very revealing piece. For me, a bit like Breaking Bad, that shows what happens to humanity without God. And, of course, it doesn't see that because it actually mocks Christianity in Korea as well, a little bit. All right, here's... This, this is extraordinary. He's he's actually... I think he's a funny comedian. I think... Um, you know, I certainly don't agree with everything he says, but uh, this is a story about the American comedian Dave Chappelle. Let's talk about Dave Chappelle, Rita. Ah, yes, yes, I love Dave Chappelle, as you know, been a long-term fan, and he's now come under fire. They're cancelling him. The activists are upset. The media's upset. Why? Because he's taken on the trans lobby, and he's basically said, I'm with J.K. Rowling. I'm team turf. Gender is a fact. You have to look at it from a woman's perspective. Look at it like this. Caitlyn Jenner, whom I've met, wonderful person, Caitlyn Jenner was voted Woman of the Year. Her first year as a woman. Ain't that something? Beat every in Detroit. She's better than all of them. And they've canceled people that are more powerful than me. They canceled J.K. Rowling. My God, J.K. Rowling wrote all the Harry Potter books by herself. She sold so many books, the Bible worries about her. And they canceled her because she said in an interview, and this is not exactly what she said, but effectually, she said, gender was a fact. And again, isn't that, it's just how we use words. And he's being canceled. And I think about all this is happening with the gender stuff as well. And that's a big issue. I'm going to do a special particularly on that because it keeps coming up again and again and again. Now we're being told Superman is gay or bisexual or Superman's son is. Then this week, I'm just, you, you can pick these. They've just come from all over the world, but particularly the Western world. 
the newly elected Premier of Canada, Trudeau. I mean, Canadians, what have you done? I mean, seriously, you re-elect this guy? I mean, people laughed at the US for electing Donald Trump and now worse, Biden. But you've elected Trudeau. I mean, you're, you're up there in the top three. And this is what he wrote or tweeted. People across the country are lighting candles to honour Indigenous women, girls and 2SLGBTQQIA plus people who are missing who have been murdered. Well, how many acronyms can you get? 2S, by the way, is two-spirit, masculine, feminine. I think I can identify as, uh, uh, as two-spirit. Or you want more madness? Come to Scotland, where the Scottish government ministers urged anyone with a cervix to get a smear test. Now, we've mentioned this before, but that is ridiculous. Only women have cervixes. And here's the problem. Maybe 50% of women don't know that they have cervixes or don't know where the cervix is. This is a very, very dangerous and stupid policy, but it's done again in order to fit with a narrative and the words. Now, there's something that's happened uh, just today. I, I got sent this from several of you, which was great. And I started listening to it and it blew my socks off. And that is the Stephen Nolan show. And he has done a series of 10, and we put a link to it. Just listen to a bit of this uh, on... Um, the whole BBC and Stonewall and transgender issues. This is all new territory. The gender debate is a debate that's been happening for just a few years. And some of the changes that Stonewall want to bring in are pretty radical in terms of how we perceive gender and how fluid your gender can be and how easily that can change. But just to be clear, we are not, nor are we allowed to, within the BBC, attack Stonewall. In fact, if anything, what this journalism might do is show how effective Stonewall are at what they're supposed to be, which is a lobbying group. They lobby incredibly well. What this journalism is about is all of the public institutions that should have their own thought of mind should be standing back and should be saying to themselves, is this in line with our ethos, our policies? And we have big questions around some of that. It's institutions like the Scottish Government, the Welsh Government, uh, Whitehall, Police, NHS, all of these organisations have brought Stonewall in, presumably aware that Stonewall hold some controversial views. So why did they bring them in and allow them to influence their own policies? And can they then say that they are truly independent? It is utterly brilliant that's what i'm saying so far i'm only at episode three i've listened to three episodes in one day i'm going to carry on listening i just i was on the stephen nolan show at one point and i'll maybe tell you about that another time well let's go to covid um the new york times has been forced to retract a claim by its reporter apura mandavili that nearly 900,000 children in new york have been hospitalized with covid since the mark began since the pandemic began uh that's 837,000 cases too high. It's just incredible. Um, this is the same journalist who tweeted, someday we will stop talking about the lab leak theory and maybe even admit its racist roots, but alas, that day is not today. Um, but it's just remarkable, just uh, 
the, the inf misinformation. Here in Australia, well, I'm in a pretty good mood in New South Wales because we've had Freedom Day 1 and Freedom Day 2 is about to come on Monday because there have been so many vaccinations. I was delighted to see that the Catholic Church in New, Th New South Wales is refusing to open until vac unvaccinated people are allowed to attend. And that looks as though that is going to be the case after this Monday. And then here's another interesting thing from uh, a side effect, if you like, of COVID. But first of all, let's listen to a bit of Van Halen. Somebody get me a doctor. Now, this is amazing. It turned out, a survey has revealed, in 2019, the average GP was working a three-day week, while average pay rose to more than 100,000 a year. Even before the pandemic, patients were struggling to get appointments. Now, the trouble with that, a more balanced lifestyle for a doctor can mean a patient waiting longer for a diagnosis. And COVID has really blown that apart. Now, some GPs, and I know some of you are GPs, you work really hard and you are to be highly commended. But there are also people who are swinging the lead and taking great advantage. See, in this new world of part-time flexible hours working from home with a big wage packet enabling you to enjoy your lifestyle, that's going to be the big social divide in the future. There'll be the, the gig economy and there'll be the poor and then there'll be the middle class who can afford to, in effect have part-time jobs, often subsidised by the state. It's interesting that research from Norway found that being able to see the same GP on a regular basis substantially reduces the risk of hospitalisation and premature death. I know that. In Scotland, I wasn't able to see the same GP laterally. The health service in Scotland is going to the dogs. And here, I get to see, I, I will go home tonight, I could pick up the phone and say, and I can see my GP tomorrow. Can arrange an appointment that quickly. All right, let's come back to um, to words again. Here's some words from a song that you may or may not know. That's the Rolling Stones. Why are we playing that? Well, because the Stones have agreed that they will not sing that anymore in their concerts. I think it's their second most sung song in their concerts. And they've decided that they are not going to sing it anymore. Now, this is back to words again, isn't it? 
Now, what is that song about? But Gold Coast slave ship bound for cotton fields, sold in a market down in New Orleans. Scarred old slaver knows he's doing all right here and whip the wound just around midnight. Brown sugar, how come you taste so good? It, You know, of all of the stone song, it's probably the one I think that should have been banned a long time ago if you were going to do that. It's a song about slavery. Is it commending slavery? I don't think so. It's a song. If you're going to do this with the Stones, you, I think Sympathy for the Devil has to go because it talks about the Blitzkrieg and having sympathy for it for the Nazis. Under My Thumb is definitely mis misogynistic. In fact, I reckon I could go through the whole Stones catalogue and pretty well get rid of them all. Mary Whitehouse, eat your heart out. I tell you what, let's go back to sport. Sitting in a sleazy snack bar, sucking sickly sausage rolls. Slipping down slowly, slipping down sideways, think I'll sign off the door. Cause the fog on the tine is all mine, all mine. The fog on the tine is all mine. The fog on the tine is all mine, all mine. The fog on the tine is all mine. Well, with the fog on the tine, what can that be? But. Newcastle and last week a 305 million pound bid has been approved by the league and Saudi Arabia's public investment fund is going to take over Newcastle the English club I support um, there's a lot of criticism of that of course uh, and you know I came across this phrase I hadn't seen before sports washing now what sports washing is is where corrupt regimes or even companies take over popular sports clubs and become associated with them. Uh, you could argue that the 1934 FIFA World Cup in Italy or the 1936 Olympics in, in Berlin, were the, that was the same kind of idea. What about the Moscow Olympics? What about the Chinese Olympics? So... What, what, what do I think as a Newcastle fan? I think most Newcastle fans will probably think, we don't care, as long as they get money in and get some decent players. I find it all somewhat immoral. The corporate world of Premier League football just now, it, it I don't know, there's something for me that's disturbing about it. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. All right, we have to say something about climate change, and we I've already done a special on it. You can go back and see that. But more and more and more, I'm just becoming amazed. I, we, we suggested that there would be hysteria, and the hysteria is coming more and more. Let me read to you a little bit from an article that appeared in a Christian magazine. To be honest, the science still makes little sense to me, but I'm convinced by those who are much more qualified, like the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, who recently gave a dire warning that human activity is changing the climate in unprecedented and in some cases irreversible ways. Now this is from somebody who's a Christian media rep, who studied theology and religious studies at Cambridge, who's written books, who serves on several Christian boards, and yet says, I'm going to talk about climate change, although I don't understand it. And who just accepts what she's told by the IPCC. And who tells us that it's a mission issue and that 60% of young people are very worried or extremely worried and we need to take this on board. And basically we need to take it on board by agreeing with their fears that the world is doomed. Well, no. That is not 
I don't think that's the right way to do. I think we need to look at the facts and, and, and question things. It's a bit like, take for example, this story from Dundee University who announced this week that they were divesting completely all their fossil fuel investments. One, they don't have that many investments. Two, very few in fossil fuels. And three, it costs them nothing. They just go and invest somewhere else. But the people who suffer the most will be the poor as the big corporations, politicians, academia, media, and sadly, church intellectuals play the game of climate change. And so we end up with enormous mistakes when people just trust the experts. Like a green power station subsidised with public money and allowed to be called carbon neutral in Drax in Yorkshire, which burns wood pellets and is treated as a renewable fuel. Guess what? It turns out it's one of the top five polluting plants in Europe. And then this week, we're finding that there is an enormous threat, this particularly in the United Kingdom, but elsewhere in Europe, that with the price of gas having gone up, Russia now being in control of so much of it, um, nuclear having gone, the wind not blowing as much, it's not just energy poverty, but it may be that, we'll, that factories will stop. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a disaster waiting to happen, and all because people bought into this hysteria and haven't planned it out properly. So, for example, Sweden has had to power up two oil-based power plants that burn 140,000 litres of oil per hour, whilst it shut down six of its 12 nuclear power plants. It just doesn't make sense. All right, a little bit of good news. Um, Boris Johnson has said that prayer for someone exploring their sexual orientation or gender identity will not be criminalized in any conversion therapy ban. And LGB campaigners are having a go about this as well. But I do think that's good news and I hope he keeps to his promise. Uh, Mr. Johnson is not famous for keeping to his promises, but we shall see. Okay, that's that, there's a lot of stuff in there, a lot of stuff to think about. There's maybe a lot of stuff to cry about. Um, I was thinking about this when I was at a meeting and people were wearing masks. And I, I came across this poem by Spike Milligan. And I thought I would leave you with it and with Louis Armstrong as well, because, do you know, we've... If, if you think about the climate hysteria and the real threat of climate change as well, I'm, I'm not denying that there is a threat. I'm just talking about the reaction. We think about the way that wokeness is attacking even music, um, thinking about COVID and the violence of Squid Game and the hypocrisy of, of, of those who are attacking Israel and so on. It can be a bit depressing when I cry, but... Sometimes you've got to smile as well. And this from Smike Milligan it goes really well with um, Louis Armstrong. It's his poem, Smiling is Infectious. Smiling is infectious, you catch it like the flu. When someone smiled at me today, I started smiling too. I passed around the corner and someone saw my grin. When he smiled, I realized I'd passed it on to him. I thought about that smile, then I realized its worth. A single smile, just like mine, could travel round the earth. So if you feel a smile begin, don't leave it undetected. Let's start an epidemic quick and get the world infected. And get that mask off.
All right, you want to support us, go to the Podbean fundraiser. I did say I would mention the uh, new podcast. I will just mention it. We'll give you examples of it next week. It's called the Ask Podcast. At the moment, it's on Podbean. It'll be on iTunes soon and uh, Spotify. You'll get it on my blog as well. And the first two, as the next few are going to be, are interviews with the wonderful uh, Catholic journalist Greg Sheridan about his latest book. But God bless you. I hope you have a great week. hope you find plenty to smile about. And we'll see you next week. Oh, when you're smiling When you're smiling The whole world Smiles with you, baby, baby Yes, when you're laughing when you're laughing Yes, the sun Comes shining through But when you're crying Stop your sighing, baby, and be happy again. Yes, and keep on smiling. Keep on smiling, baby, and I hope.